Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. So it's Ivory Coast against Ghana in the final of the Africa Cup of Nations. We look ahead and we look back at the semi-finals. Also, Cameroon midfielder Eno Ayong tells us about handling pressure. But I believe everyone at every level goes through the same pressure, goes through the same issue at different stages. And we take a look at the big transfers involving African players in the January transfer window. Among them, Wilfred Bonny's move to Manchester City. So I think he'll have to make some massive adjustments in his game. Uh, he won't be the main man anymore. Well, that's coming up, but first, the 30th edition of the Africa Cup of Nations ends on Sunday with Ivory Coast facing Ghana, and the semi-finals saw convincing wins from both teams. But there were ugly scenes as the hosts Equatorial Guinea lost 3-0 to Ghana in the second semi-final. Bottles were thrown onto the pitch, thrown at players and at Ghana fans by Equatorial Guinea supporters. Uh, scenes that went on for a long, long time. And I thought Solomon rather spoiling a good tournament to some extent. Yes, it has uh, totally spoiled a good tournament. A tournament that I actually thought was really going to uh, give uh, Equatorial Guinea the privilege for them as a country to brand themselves very well, especially also accepting to host the tournament in a very short time. And uh, for it to finish this way, I thought the fans are spoiled at the occasion for the country, uh, spoiled the occasion for football in Africa and for the whole continent. Yeah, absolutely. Very disappointing scenes. But a great final to look forward to, Solomon. Ghana against Ivory Coast. Uh, who's your pick there? It's going to be a great uh, final between two great West African rivals. You know, the one, the last time they got into the final was in uh, 2010, that is the Black Stars of Ghana. But in 2012, we saw uh, Cote d'Ivoire playing in the final against uh, Zambia, losing on penalties. And both teams are actually really rebuilding. You know, they got new coaches. And uh, I think uh, my money is definitely on uh, Cote d'Ivoire. Why? Because I think they've been able to finally manage to get a blend of experience and youth players that are really hungry to win the problem with uh, the Cote d'Ivoire of the past is they've not been able to play as a unit as a team but the Ghanaians have showed that they they really wanted this to get to the final though they missed a Samoa Jeng but they also you know pushed and went all the way but I don't think watching them again is Equatorial Guinea I don't think they're really they are not really a site uh, that is very interesting like Cote d'Ivoire so my money is definitely on Cote d'Ivoire. Well thanks a lot Solomon and Really looking forward to Sunday's final. Let's go to Facebook and WhatsApp now. Last week we asked if you think it's fair that lots were drawn to decide who progressed to the quarterfinals between Guinea and Mali. They were exactly tied in Group D. Guinea won the drawing of lots and Mali had to go home. Well, from the Gambia, Salyun Do says it was very shocking how Mali went out. 
Bala Arsenal says, I really don't think it's fair. It should have been decided on a penalty shootout. Ahmed Marega says, I really don't support the lots system. The results should be decided on the pitch. Rahim, though, says, to me, there's nothing wrong with CAF's decision. It wasn't a knockout game, so why go to extra time or to a shootout? Then in Malawi, Alan says it was not fair for Mali to go home by the casting of lots. Rules must be followed, not broken, but I hope the rules will be changed for the good of the game of football in Africa. On Facebook, Musa Mani says it wasn't fair to both teams. Matters of qualification should be determined on the field. Craig Tower says, I like the suggestion of using discipline, yellow and red cards accumulated, to determine the winner. And another idea would be corner kicks awarded, as they give some indication as to which team is playing more attacking football. Uh, Lamin Sabah Manka says it was unfair to Mali. And McLean and Puente says, it is fair because it's the same as penalties to me, because no one is good at penalties. Well, it's a fair comment because we do refer to penalty shootouts as being a lottery, but uh, eh, many would say there is an element of skill there now. Nonetheless, on the tournament in general on WhatsApp, we heard from Johan Jerry in Malawi says, I'm strongly telling you this is the time for Ghana. Dominic Bass says that last gas goal scored by Dede Ayu for Ghana against South Africa was my most joyous moment at the Nations Cup so far. And Mama Tamba Jang says, for me, Ivory Coast will win the Nations Cup. Mamadou GJ Colley in the Gambia says, I'm wishing Ghana's Black Stars all the best. And Lee Sise also says he's supporting the Black Stars. Well, thanks a lot for those. Do continue to give us your reaction to the games at the Nations Cup. In particular, tell us what you think about the tournament as a whole. Has it been a good one? And what were your highlights? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or log on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, the Africa Cup of Nations is a tournament full of excitement, of pressure, joy and disappointment. And some big teams, of course, fell by the wayside fairly early on. Algeria going out at the quarterfinals and four-time champions Cameroon being eliminated at the group stage, finishing bottom of Group D. It was a particularly disappointing tournament for Cameroon midfielder Eno Eyong, who went off injured in the 17th minute of Cameroon's first game against Mali and didn't get to play again. Well, Eno currently plays for Standard Liège in Belgium, having moved there at the start of the season. He's also played for Fulham in the English Premier League and spent six years with Dutch giants Ajax Amsterdam. We spoke to Eno a couple of years ago to get some insight into faith and football. He told us all about handling pressure. So talking about the, the pressure which we encounter, I believe this pressure is for everybody. Now, uh, in a way, they think... Uh, footballers and other majors, athletes and, and artists, they have much more pressure or politicians because they are more seen. They are in a platform where a lot of people see them. So it's easier for a lot of people to talk about them. But I believe everyone at every level goes through the same pressure, goes through the same issue at different stages. Now, for me personally, handling this pressure is just trusting the Lord. It's just trusting the Lord. Now, the Bible says that cast your cares upon him, for he cares. Now, when I understand that the life I'm living is no more my own, it's a life which he has died for, and he has exchanged his life for my life, and given me uh, a life of peace and a life of joy to live for, then I live beyond myself. 
I live beyond what people say. I live beyond people think. I focus more on what the Lord says about me. And it has to do with trusting the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that He has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us in the way we ought to go. To live a triumphant life here on earth. Now, it's impossible when you don't trust in the Holy Spirit. It's impossible if you don't trust in His Word. If it's, it's impossible if you don't spend time fellowshipping with Him. Our trust in Him and our dependence on His grace to enable us to, to keep ourselves in a place of humility where no matter what you see on the outside, you know all these things can fit one day. So you keep yourself real in the face of Jesus Christ and not try to present yourself higher or bigger than you think. Well, this Eno Ayong, the Cameroon international, talking about coping with pressure. And wish him all the best at his new club, Standard Liège, in Belgium. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa. The January transfer window closed last Monday in Europe with lots and lots of African players on the move. Our European football expert, Stuart Weir, joins us on the line from the UK. Well, the biggest transfer of all in the window was an Ivorian, Wilfred Bonny, from Swansea to Manchester City for about $42 million. Now, where's we going to feature in the pecking order at Man City, Stuart? Well, Steve, the first thing to say is that many people are supporting Cote d'Ivoire in the Africa Cup of Nations, but Manchester City are not among them because having signed Bonnie a month ago, they still haven't seen him. But I think that's a great question as to quite what Bonnie will achieve with Manchester City. You know, he's got a great goal-scoring record. He scored 46 goals in 65 games for Vitesse Arnhem in the Netherlands and again a, a goal every two games for Swansea. But, of course, joining a big club like Manchester City where you've already got Sergio Aguero, uh, Stefan Jovetic, Eden Deco, David Silva, he's not going to be an automatic starter. And even when he's playing, he's not necessarily going to be the main striker. So I think he'll have to make some massive adjustments in his game. Uh, He won't be the main man anymore. Uh, He's got a proven record for scoring goals, and I'm sure he will score goals. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's only playing or only starting, you know, something like half the games for Manchester City. And, of course, Manchester City have so much money that the idea of signing a player for that vast sum that they paid for him and not using them doesn't really bother them. Uh, but, you know, he's got talent and he, he, he may well uh, achieve with Manchester City what he's done with the other clubs. So Wilfred Bonney joining Manchester City. Samuel Eto'o, the Cameroon great, is back in Italy, leaving Everton in England for Sampdoria uh, on an undisclosed fee. Would you say it didn't work out for Eto'o at Everton, Stuart? Well, it's a bit of a mystery, really, Steve, because on paper he did okay. You know, he he started uh, eight games for Everton uh, this season. He scored three goals for them. Uh, You know, I think that's not a bad record for somebody of his age who's clearly not going to be playing 90 minutes every week. I'm certainly surprised that Everton decided not to keep him. And uh, lots of other African players on the move, among them Yakubu Ayegbeni, the former Nigeria striker, back in England, joining Reading in the Championship at the age of 32, Stuart. 
Well, he's certainly well known in England. You know, he's played for Portsmouth, Middlesbrough, Everton, Leicester City and Blackburn Rovers before now trying out with Reading. He's just come from Qatar and he's played in Israel and uh, China. So, you know, Reading are in the championship, not really with great aspirations, I would say, to get back into the premiership. I think it'd be a good move for him and a good move for, for Reading because, again, he is somebody who has a good record of scoring goals. And uh, Crystal Palace have signed a couple of Africans, uh, Papa Soiree from Senegal, joining them from Lille in France for an undisclosed fee, uh, played at the Africa Cup of Nations. And Shola Amiobi, another Nigerian, uh, going from Gaziantep in Turkey, uh, joining Crystal Palace uh, on a free transfer. Well, I mean, surely Abiobi is a very interesting player because he played his entire career, 14 years at Newcastle, and, you know, he scored 50 goals for Newcastle. But then he wasn't offered a new contract, decided that he would go off and play in Turkey for a year. But he's not surprisingly come back to England. And, of course, part of the clue of going to Crystal Palace is that Alan Pardew, the Palace manager, was the Newcastle manager. So... He's going back to a manager he knows and the manager signing a player that he knows. Other transfers to catch the eye. Brian Adeye of Nigeria, who, who signed for West Brom in the summer from uh, Denimo Kiev for uh, supposedly $15 million, played 13 games, seven of them off the bench. And he now has been sold to Al Garafa in Qatar for less than half that fee. So I don't really quite know what's going on there. You know, West Brom have lost an awful lot of money on that deal. And just to mention one non-African move, the the club, I suppose, that made the biggest news in the transfer window was Chelsea, with their signing of Juan Guillermo uh, Cuadrado from Fiorentina. Uh, you know, he's been in Italy for six years and was a member of the successful Colombian team reaching the quarterfinal of the World Cup. Now, part of that deal saw Mohamed Salah going to Fiorentina. Chelsea paid for that transfer by selling Henri Schürrle to Wolfsburg. You know, World Cup winner with Germany, but he could only get five starts in the Premier League this year. Finally, Chelsea finally got rid of Fernando Torres, who's been out on loan. And in the end, he left for a free transfer. Signed for $75 million uh, just a few years ago. Not great business, but then Chelsea don't really worry about money, do they? Well, indeed, $75 million. I guess that Chelsea can afford it. Thanks very much to Stuart Weir in the UK. A boost for Wilfred Bonny that he's replaced Stefan Jovetic in Man City's UEFA Champions League squad, by the way. Well, that's it for the show, but do get in touch with us on Facebook and WhatsApp and give us your views on the Africa Cup of Nations. In particular, what do you think about the tournament as a whole? Has it been a good one? And what are your highlights? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Tell us what you think about the nations. Cup. So Ivory Coast take on Ghana in Sunday's final. What a game it promises to be and we'll certainly talk about that one on next week's show. But that's it for this edition. So from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at planetsport.tv and Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.